Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. This is Sideboob Cinema. I'm Ricky Allpike. He's Jonathan Astro. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I love AJ. it. I love it. <laughs> you like it, AJ? I loved it. <laughs> Welcome back, AJ. Thanks. <laughs> uh Quick shout out to some fans of the show, uh, 80s Flick Flashback. Thank you very much. Joe Reels and uh, Tales from the Video Store. We love you guys. All of you keep listening and uh, I want to say keep rocking and rolling, <laughs> but, I don't know, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> you know? It's sort of ambiguous, but yeah, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, you know? Keep trucking. Anyway, <laughs> keep, keep on trucking, whatever that means. <laughs> All right. Today, moving violations is what we're talking about. Well, and also at the very end, we are going to cover our, our police squad as well. Uh, so um, I'm desperate to hear what you guys think of this film. It's a funny film. I think uh, I think John Murray is uh, underrated. I, I, where's he been all my life? Uh, obscurity. I think. <laughs> How many movies is he in? Oh, I tell you what, I only know him from Wayne's World. Who is he in Wayne's World? He's, um, he's Noah's Ark. No, that's Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're meant to be the experts. Wrong Murray. <laughs> you know, we're meant to be the experts here and people are going to be, you know. Uh, look, it's not, I, I will give you this though. I will give you this. Brian Doyle Murray's, uh, see, he looks very different in Wayne's World and now, but when you see him in Caddyshack, Brian Doyle Murray, you, 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 it is shocking. Like he looks, com- he looks completely different. So Brian Doyle Murray looks a bit like the other two, but he's sort of young and whatever. But in in Wayne's World and then now, I mean, complete. He's one of those guys. You know, how some men just go through a complete transformation. They get stocky, grey, and you just go, "Wow, you look like a different kind of human." Yeah, mm. yeah. Than you were, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you no longer resemble at all um, the man you were. And, you know, I am suggesting that um, it, it's a little bit of a downfall. But because he, he's a funny guy, it doesn't really matter. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what else has John Murray been in then? Nothing. He's done nothing, mate. Nothing. Oh, he was in Caddyshack, wasn't he? I think I saw. Really? Yeah. Who was he in that? I don't know. Someone. Because I know the film so well and I feel like if he's in it, it's, he must be just one of the caddies or something. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm. Anyway. All right. I want some quiet here. We've got a film to show you, but you're not going to see it. Because you people are without a doubt the worst drivers in the world. And your moving violations prove it. You will not get your licenses back. Until you pass this course in our traffic school. Never be able to make it. None of them will. You think we're finished? Washed up? History? Well, I've got news for you. It's not over till it's over. Every one of you is a menace. Come on, buddy, let's Reckless. Oh my god, I'm three minutes late for my pills. You're undisciplined. This has totally ruined sex for me for the rest of my life. I'll get you, you little whip. Yeah! 
respect for authority. Moving violations. If I were you, I'd get used to public transportation. Ricky, have you got a synopsis to this movie? I do. I do. Uh, Moving Violations is a 1985 comedy film based around a traffic school directed by Neil Israel. And the film stars John Murray, brother of famous Bill Murray. The film follows a group of people in Birch County, California, a fictionalized city, who, after being ticketed for numerous traffic violations and as a result lose their licenses and driving privileges, uh, their vehicles being impounded, are ordered by Judge Nedra Henderson, played by Sally Kellerman, to attend a driving course program in order to get their licenses and their vehicles back. However, the assigned teacher for this course, Deputy Henry Hank Halleck, played by James Keach, is also conspiring with the judge in a plan to make sure these offenders fail miserably and at any cost so they can sell their impounded vehicles. Their actions make one of the offended officials, landscaper Dana Cannon, played by John Murray, very suspicious of their scheme, and he enlists his fellow students to expose the plot. Very tight. Uh, all right, give me the hot takes. I've seen this movie a lot, so I, I need I need a third eye on this. I, I've never I've never heard of this movie until you uh, sent it my way. I think it's uh, it's it's funny. Uh, I think it is not quite uh, as good as say Police Academy, but I think uh, I think the biggest thing is is John Murray. He's he's very funny in this movie. Yeah, he's very charismatic. Yeah, he's got com- com- comedic timing and just like weird facial gestures and mm. stuff that are just he's just naturally funny guy. Very strange to see a someone who is like a, a strange doppelganger of Bill Murray. Yes, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 it's the fa- it's the something about yeah, the family resemblance is really it's it's uncanny in parts. You're mm. like, oh wow, that, I've heard I've heard that that tone of voice or that that uh, facial expression or whatever. Mm. It was an interesting group of people. The characters. Mm. I like my the old lady was my favorite. <laughs> Loretta. Yeah. She was she was wonderful. Uh, well, a very di- a, a diverse array of characters. Mm. Um we've got Dana, who's our lead character. We've got, yeah, as you say, Loretta, who's um our old woman. We've got Joan, who's our hypochondriac, Wink, our horror movie obsessed uh guy. We've got the young Scott, a puppeteer who who falls in love with a young punk fan. We got the doc played by Fred Whitland, um, and Halleck, uh, the, the, one of the cops. So uh, I think that you know th- this is just like Police Academy is built around very strong characters, or, mm. or at least well, even if you don't think they're strong, they're certainly well defined, mm. you know. And the comedy is actually coming from it's sort of situational comedy. So we set up a, uh, a clearly clearly defined characters and we put them in situations. So for example, you know our hypochondriac Joan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of my favourite things <laughs> in the world, mistakes an auto mechanic, yeah. uh, a high-class auto mechanic for a doctor, <laughs> a range of comedic beats. <laughs> and that, 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 online, that uh, on-running gag that happens, it, it goes for so long. It so does. She, she mistakes him for a doctor. She's having problems, as she says, getting up in the morning, so, you know, lacking in a bit of energy. And he 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 thinks she's talking about the car, and then on and on it goes until by the end she's gone to see him at what she thinks is a, a doctor surgery or a clinic or something, but it's a, a high class auto shop. And she gets undressed, and on top of 
the 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 car lift and <laughs> hey will you guys check out that rear end and then they go over and then they say okay so now what <laughs> oh but gags like you know oh you gotta you gotta oil up your rear end and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You lube up the, you lube up your rear end. And, uh, it's it is uh, the humiliation she suffers. You oh, know, like, it's wonderful. Just like there's something something about like like lubing up your rear end with Vaseline, like a, yeah. a, a, drinking a quart of oil and then hitting the highway <laughs> for for a ten mile run. <laughs> Oh, classic. How, how's this for the, the first gag in the film? Okay. So uh, the main traffic cop turns to the female cop and says, I just got my promotion, to which the female cop says, I just got my period. <laughs> I, I think that's, that is top shelf. That's a top shelf gag. Because, they look lovingly into each other's eyes. Well, they, sl- they actually slap gloves. They join gloves, like yeah. sort of like, yes, you know, we're together. I think it does everything a good joke should do. It actually advances the plot as well as being funny because we're like, oh, they're together. <laughs> you know, and so her look as well. You got my period. It's so, it's it's sort of semi. I guess I could imagine it being a little shocking for the time, you know, as well, because yeah, yeah. you know, it's a, a, a men have typically gotten weak at the knees at that that type of thing, uh, uh, and um, so yeah, it's 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 um a very funny gag for sure. Um. So this film is another law and order theme from, uh, like, story from the Police Academy folks, you know. It really, they, they sort of love, like, again, this 80s obsession with law and order. They sort of love, like, this, but this movie's like middle-class problems, you know. Like, like mm. I think, and, and I love that Neil Israel um, and his gang, they, they really do just draw from their life. Like, in this one, apparently, if you, if you go to Wikipedia or whatever it says, you know that he 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 got sent to traffic school. <laughs> so direct, you know, like and then uh, and then, but he said that traffic school's boring. I interviewed a lot of people, so like you know, even the guy who owned the school, uh, but all his stories were boring. So we made up everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we made up everything, you know. Mm. So there was none of this. Like it was really just a <laughs> yeah. place where he's like, oh, what if you had to go to traffic school? But I was shocked to find out that this movie actually the the the, the timeline of this movie is one. Week week what it's Is one it? week so the the judge says sally kellerman says you you are meant you you have to go to traffic school you know at night for five days over the period of one week it feels like months mm. but or maybe i just never really thought about it but this is you know um a very compressed time yeah. Yeah. Uh, film, you know, uh, which I guess makes sense realistically. But oh, fuck, man, that would be such drag every night for five nights. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he advanced quite quick then with that lady, with the NASA lady then. Yes. They got, yeah. they, 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 things were, you know, mm. hot and heavy straight away. Yeah, straight right. away, off the bat. That's right. That, that, yeah. that uh, Get it, reminds me of, um, of another great gag. Involving her and Dana, uh, when Dana says to the taxi driver, "Driver, take us to the nearest nuclear power plant. My pants are full of uranium." Yeah. <laughs> it's ambiguous, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like you sort of, you sort of like, oh, is it hot? Is it like radio? Isn't radiation bad for your dick? Like, like I don't understand. You know, like, it, does he have a glowing green mutant cock? Yeah, it gets you thinking. 
So, <laughs> but don't you think this is an odd concept for a film like set around a traffic school? Like imagine, so imagine it's like 1600 and like Shakespeare writes a play <laughs> around horse and cart regulation. <laughs> like don't you think that's strange? Like like this movie is such a, a, a 20th century film, a late 20th yeah, century. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it, we are obsessed with cars, the idea of, mm. you know, and all these people, all their problems actually are very identifiable. I actually think the stakes are quite uh, outlined quite clearly. Like you're like, oh wow, like most of these people, like poor Dana, he does have to deliver. Like he's in a working class job, he has to deliver mm. plants. And you know, the guy has got. There's another guy who's got a couple of kids. He's got to obviously drive around to work and whatever. So it's sort of like you know, in a weird way, explores this, these these tensions or these these fears around you know, um, late, late American capitalism, you know, getting mm. their people are, these people are in the rat race and they have to be. And if you take away their cars, you know, they will, then they're fucked. But mm. then we've got this added element of, of the judge, you know, coming up with this scheme to sell all their cars uh, at the impound lot, which I think is maybe a bridge too far. Yeah. If you, if you, if you're a judge, <laughs> if you're a judge and you haven't, haven't I mean, it's, times must have been tough, right? If you, well, if, she talks about selling them for fifty thousand dollars. I know. I was that like, doesn't shit. sound like like much even back then. I was like, oh shit! Like you know, uh, you know, being a um, a uh, what is it? Uh, like a, a justice is not yeah. uh, what it used to be. Like, I know. Fucking hell! Like, that, <laughs> but but, is- but, ri- but risk reward. You know, like. The risk is so high for yeah. such a small reward. You would probably go to federal prison yeah. or something. <laughs> like it's it's like it's like a massive crime. You go to a supermax prison, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems very strange. I, but I also put in the same category. Maybe it's good to talk about these issues that I've got because I obviously get quite nostalgic watching the film because you know it's just one of those inappropriate movies you watch as a kid over and over again, uh, and. Um, but the the issues are are exactly that. So some of this shit doesn't add up. So I just feel like the, the hijinks around the school make sense, you know, sort of the these sort of pranks and stuff like that. But there's a couple of things that the the the, the, the tonally don't quite work, or or maybe that the the conflict gets ratcheted up too much. Like like Dana's plan midweek. Now that we know it's over a week, midweek, <laughs> midweek, he decides to break into the impound yard to steal back his car to deliver a shipment of plants that he needs to deliver. Think about that. Yeah, he he's going to go to a supermax prison. <laughs> you know, that's like a federal building yeah, or something. Yeah. Like he's going down. You could buy that if it was months and months and months of yeah. having to do this traffic school and he just gets frustrated and he goes, fuck it, I'm just going to get my car back. Well, you know? I would understand it more if he, if it was a bit like the guys do this at the end. They, they borrow a car. Two of the guys borrow a car uh, from a valet service and they, just, they, they drop it back after an hour. Like if Dana's plan was I'm going to take it and I'm going dr- to drop it back before the tomorrow morning or something, mm. I would understand that. But he goes mm. there. They cause such a racket. They like they melt the fucking fence. They they They... <laughs> They, they, you know, have, they have a chase scene with the dogs. They, yeah. they, 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 they sort of spy on the judge and and Halleck, the the main cop, having um, kinky sex, and you know, and then they smash through a fence. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's outrageous. <laughs> so, and then this next part is even worse. Halleck, the main cop, he fucking frames Dana for a holdup, like goes and yeah. like gets his car, puts it outside a place and holds up a place. So he's going to prison for a very long time. He like yeah, he's yeah. he's his life's over. And um 
Uh, and uh, well, actually, he, that's why he's crying at the end. He goes, "Oh no, no!" Like you know, like and you just go, "Yeah, you are. You're going down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like going down. You're going to Oz." You know? Yeah, yeah. And pretty much, he should have after he demoed his boss's car. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going down. Yeah. Like, you know. So there's that scene where, for those who haven't seen it, where, where Dana's standing standing in front of a car and there's all these cops and um, this main deputy Halleck goes up to him and just starts sort of menacing him and just saying that, oh, you know, you, you parked illegally there and you got to move your car. And Dana's like, nah, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And so then they start looking around the car for other violations and they start, you know, smacking out tail lights and, and he goes to 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 such a length though he ends up smashing the bonnet with his nightstick and putting massive dents in the car and it turns out it's like like the chief of police's car you know <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, that would be a sackable offense i'm uh, sure yeah for both of them yeah <laughs> Well, apparently, like, like it's so funny now, like, like you know, because of 2020, we don't really have, like, because of all the cop stuff and George Floyd and all that, like, um, and defund the police, the, the, you know, there's this real unco- discomfort with, with doing sort of law and order and cop theme stuff. Like, even Brooklyn Nine-Nine had to do this, this grotesque sort of, you know, public acknowledgement. They all had to stay to put out put these weird statements out, like, yes, we're not sure. Well, like, this was before the last season, they're like, Yes, well, we do, we all need to have a good think, you know, about this and that, and like, you know, about what it means and all that stuff. And it's so I don't know, like, it's um. Did Laura and Order do that shit? I hope not. Uh well, which one? I mean, look, because the other show has been true. gone for a couple of years, but um, whichever one's left, SVU, yeah, I don't know. I think SVU seems fairly unrepentant. Yeah. Uh, Mm. But I don't, I don't know. Like, they, I heard this expression that I'd never heard before in relation to all these articles, this stupid Buzzfeedy sort of stuff that came up at the time. Copaganda shows. Oh, no. and I was like, what? Like, what I fucking love cop shows. Like, like you know, I love cop movies. Love cop shows. Um, I think everyone I love cops. I love cops. <laughs> I told you, like, like you know, I'm. Are you guys on board for my cop subscription service? <laughs> I am. Would I you am. pay? <laughs> Yeah. You would. So well, well, I reckon I could make it like 50 bucks a month or something and you guys would probably front. You'd probably go, yeah, probably worth it. So so the idea is that uh, if you're in favour of defunding the police, you can opt out. Uh, opt out of this subscription yeah, just service. just go with a different service. Go, go, go with a different service and um, like, you know, you set up your own shop or Chaz down the road and um, I won't go anywhere near it, to be honest, mate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not interested in what goes on in there. I think it's mainly. So, do they just buy knives and stuff because they're going to protect themselves? Well, you know, they can do whatever they want. Okay. <laughs> I've got. I'm going to have the police force. Okay. You know, <laughs> trained people. Okay. I'm going to have trained people. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want them. You know, to do that. So, yeah, I think it's. I did think this. This. This type of comedy. Yeah, I wonder. You know, well, I guess we they, had, they did do um, what's that? Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, maybe the other guys. Oh, oh yeah, oh, it yeah. was like it was a long time ago. Now. It, was, it was, yeah. 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 So oh, I don't know. I can't think of any ultra modern. Well, maybe maybe BLM protesters will see this film as a bit of a documentary. You know, <laughs> the, the menacing cops are. You know, they're not caricatures. It's real life. Well, the great message of the film, I think, if I had to sum it up, because it is all just hijinks, but at the same time, I think the message is like, rather than it be, you know, take down of cops, the message I think is summed up by the commissioner guy at the beginning, like, um, and maybe this is something 
the guy just says, like, Halleck goes, thank you. He goes, he goes, hey, Halleck, he goes, you know, you're going to get your promotion or whatever, outstanding work. And he says, yes, sir, I need to go and get my, you know, my quota of citations for the day. And then the guy, he goes, of course, of course, he watches him go and he says, what a tight ass. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's the message of the movie. It's don't be a tight ass, mm. you know? Yeah. It's it's just like don't be a stiff. Uh, be like Dana. Be 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 uh what I've identified as the great American wise ass, you know? <laughs> but this it's like this proud tradition of confident loafers who know, like, sort of know how the world works, you know, they're streetwise and cynical guys, like, but they're really romantics inside, you know, mm. and they, like, rub shoulders with the guy in the street, you know, they thumb their nose at authority, they're tricksters, bullshitters, dropouts, and, if, yeah, I just noticed this this time, actually, Dana's been to five colleges, you know, so uh, he says this in, in sort of ADR to um, uh, Jennifer Tilly. And um, uh, he's so really these characters. He's adrift in a in a in a comfortable corporate era, you know. But still, in that in that era of um, uh, you know of, of of relative comfort of the late twentieth century, the idea is that yeah, don't be a stiff man, like you know, and don't don't take your job too seriously. Don't 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 like those two cops. The reason they are made fun of is because they they're fucking sticklers. <laughs> Yeah, you know they're they're just they 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 um they rule followers and really actually they'd fit in the COVID era, you know they would, yeah the sticklers <laughs> you know <laughs> the finger wagglers the stick the sticklers the people you know and and in fact you y'all have got a curfew right now is that right I know yeah Melbourne I shouldn't bring uh, real life into it but you do <laughs> it's back it's back Shady's back. Shady's back. So, yes, people in Melbourne uh, have a curfew. So, I mean, (laughs) come in at 9 p.m. if you would. No, no, 8 p.m. No, it's 9 this time. Is it 9 this time? Yeah, they've loosened our chain a little bit. Oh, (laughs) great. So you can take the bins out. (laughs) Yeah, you can take the bins out. That's right. (laughs) Fucking hell. Uh, Hey, did did anyone notice the granny upskirt? Loved it. When? The granny upskirt. So when the old lady, what's her name? Um, Loretta. Loretta goes through the window to steal the judge's ledger. There's a huge upskirt. Yeah, but she's also uh, laying atop them as they're humping. <laughs> like yes. she's she's riding them like a sea, like like a waterbed. She's going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, and then he sticks his head up out of the sheets and he's got that collar on and the leash and she's like, get back to work. Yes. Well, I brought this up in one of our earlier episodes. Um, yeah, I mentioned it. I think we've seen it in in some other films. This idea of, of or this sort of aversion to kink mm. <laughs> in the eighties, like you know, uh, so there's there's this concern with with um, uh, with good old uh, uh, American sex. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like mm. they want you doing it in the back of a Chevy. They <laughs> they don't want you. Um, like you know, putting on leather chaps and like a and a dog collar and 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 actually, it's kinkier than that because Halleck's on all fours and he said and she says, "Are you going to be a good boy?" And he says, "Yes, mommy, yes." <laughs> <laughs> like it's again, it's this dim view of kink, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, these two villains are engaged in perverted sex with leather and dog collars. So America really is Puritan at heart, you know. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, I was thinking about it because TikTok is awash with, with um, you know, just 
I want to say left-leaning people. I don't feel like anyone on the right would be this way. So it's like socially left people who are obsessed with, I don't know, normalizing sex work and like not judging it, having a complete moral relativism, like, you know what I mean? Like, which is sympathetic on one level. You're like, oh, yeah, well, in the privacy of your own own home, who cares, right? Which I totally agree with. But the problem is the face of this sort of, this sort of freedom movement of, of, you know, of kink on the left is so fucking obnoxious. Like, it's always people like, like, it's not people saying, oh, yeah, I just like a bit of kink. It's like, like, even <laughs> it's. They're, I'll have a side of kink. All of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about it like they're rubbing it in your face and they're saying that they're saying shit like, I should be able to, I don't know, like, you know, it's just like normal work, except that I wear chaps and a dog collar and, <laughs> you know, whatever the fuck else. And you say, I'm so sorry. It, it, it really does seem a little bit different to working at HR Block. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, they'd advocate for wearing all that kinky shit. At their normal work, you know. I know. No, well, I saw a picture. Apparently, there was. Look, I don't have all the info on this, so it's um, yeah, which is unfortunate. But there's a, there was a an award winning photograph recently that I saw. It was on one of the you know one of the rabble rousing sites I go to, and it was um, <laughs> uh, it was an image like it seemed like back like backstage at a sort of a pride event or something, and there were all these like buff you know dudes. I'm assuming they were gay. I think they were gay, uh, and um, they were in leather gear. And there was a kid, like he was obviously you know the fr- a, a friend of the family or or, or so And it was black and white, and the kid was there, and it would just look like sort of backstage. And so there was this upright uproar uproar about it because it seemed like you know um, it was just trying to normalize what used to be a perverted <laughs> way of life. I mean, I don't I don't know, you know. So it just seemed like a lot. That's a lot. That image. You know, whatever you think about it, is a long cry from the '80s view, which was very clear cut. It was like, no, 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 this the villains are perverted kink monsters, and they they must be punished. Whereas now, like, I don't know, you, you, we're being we're we're being told left, right, and center to get our kink on. You know, mm, yeah, <laughs> it's less. Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of children, like there are a number of. Uh, of children drag queens now. So there's that famous, mm. what started when he was eight, I think, and he he would dance for money at gay clubs, you know. Yeah, but that's normal. I mean, who wouldn't want their kid, you know, making a bit of money on the side? <laughs> He's got a side hustle. What's the big deal? <laughs> you know? I mean, so uh, what if it's, it's essentially sex work? Yeah. <laughs> you know? The, I mean, the whatever, gig economy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's look, man. He's on. He's in the struggle. You're in the struggle. I don't see what the big deal. <laughs> you know? Ah, shit. So yeah, but there there was a dark cloud yet again of homophobia in this movie. Did you guys pick any of this out, or not really? Um, I'm trying. I'm to glad. Think. I'm glad you didn't. You bigots. I, so I, I did. I didn't. Didn't hear any f words. Were there f words? Oh, actually, the, I say dark cloud. Maybe that's just me buying into what the left want me to say. Because here's the thing: the only the only main homophobia in it was now was the the ma'am sir gags. So it was constant like uh, you no know, sir, and she's like I'm a ma'am, you know, like that the the police chick. Because she's quite a, um, uh, she's got a very severe masculine look, you know, with the hair slicked back and whatever. Yeah. Now, if I had to be honest, a couple of things I want to say here. I'm going to get you guys' ideas on this. Firstly, do we have to say goodbye to the ma'am, sir? I love ma'am, sir, gags. Yeah. Do we have to say goodbye to that? It's funny. I, I don't think we should. 
You know what I mean? I think there was one in Kirby Enthusiasm a couple of years ago where he was where Larry was um wondering what the protocol was with yeah. with chivalry when you can't oh, tell yeah. if a woman is a man or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, the ma'am <laughs> circ the ma- <laughs> the ma'am circags, I love them. I love that, you know. Okay, they the- can stay ruling. Good. Well, how, how do you how do you refer to someone though? If you if you take that away, uh Say you are dealing with a, with a police officer. You could, I guess, you could say yes, officer. Well, the New York Times would say you have to say like Matt, MX or something. <laughs> you'd say MX, or you'd say, I don't know. I don't, you, you just is there a, some other word with X in it? You know, Wimixon. Well, well, it seems like it only ever applies to 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 the female population though. Like, there's not not a gen, gender neutral male thing like you could still say sir but then you would get you would get criticized for saying for saying ma'am yeah well the 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 really um naughty stuff is when people do the old the love darling honey (laughs) honey bunch all that stuff (laughs) aj do you ever ever get any of that or constantly like especially in the country people call you anything they just go oh there you go love my dad calls me love well that's a bit different isn't it no but he'd call anyone love (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like the Amazon guy delivering yeah. something. It's like, thanks, Definitely. love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it seems, it seems to be a real bugbear. People are like, don't call. But see, I, you know, obviously I'm part of the, the white cis patriarchy. So I, do, I. You don't get to, to say anything. Really. Well, I don't get to say anything, but I'm not bothered. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, because you meet a certain type of woman, you know, particularly, you know, generally, uh, you know, on the way, on the way, or if not middle aged, uh, and and they they they, it's sort of a loving thing. They say thanks, honey, doll, sugar, whatever, you know. And uh, whereas if I feel if I did that, uh, not that I feel the need to, but if I did it, I feel like um, I'd be joining Harvey Weinstein. They'll <laughs> <laughs> block H and wherever the fuck he is, <laughs> We're along with Matt Damon, <laughs> who's now I think done another thing. He said he's. Revealed he, that he said the F word. Oh, him. yeah, he loved it. Loved oh. saying it at a Pazza. Right. Well, yeah. that's it for Matt Damon. Goodbye. His daughter didn't have to rat him out like that, though. I hope she feels good. Hope she feels <laughs> good what? about daddy. So his daughter ratted him out. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's not on. So, yeah, he, he said that he, no, but he was joking. He was sort of semi joking. He said, Oh, I've had to retire the F word mm. recently. You know? Mm. Anyway, that's Matt Damon and Harvey Weinstein. Anyway, the other. <laughs> The other thing I had to reveal to you was, look, Deputy Morris, the, 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 the hot, the, the cop, the woman cop, right? I think she's a bit hot. Yeah, she's a bit hot. I felt bad for her. Yeah, she yeah. was pretty. Well, I find that sometimes a bit of gender bending is hot. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't make the rules. I'm just saying that, like, sometimes when it's a bit of a line call, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a bit hot. Did you, that did okay? you feel or? the need to get your peg on? You listen to Prince for two two years straight. <laughs> like, of course, you're into gender bending. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but but it's only hot when it when it all comes off and there's just a you know a, a beautiful female yeah, form. Yeah, she's stunning. Yeah, like it's not like if she dropped it all off and then she said, "Get a look at my big business." <laughs> I look down there, and and I'm and bearing down on me is this. This huge pant monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can tell from her face that she's stunning. Yes, and they've had to do a lot of work. Mm. All right, so what's the ruling on that? Is that does that mean I'm a bender or? <laughs> it means you secretly <laughs> want to get pegged. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, no, I don't know. Again, TikTok is obsessed with TikTok. There is a propaganda campaign. I think it's from the CCP. They're like, we're going to convince everyone in the West that they need to get pegged. And so they've got all these. <laughs> so they've got all these these sleeper agents that that work for the CCP, and there's all these chicks saying, hey, "Here's how to peg your man," and if you're not pegging your man, then you're nothing. And then men like. <laughs> You need to get pegged. Like if you really liked, you know, Ben Shapiro, then you'd get pegged. You know what I mean? <laughs> a couple of my friends have been asked on Tinder to peg people. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been into it. I've heard this on comedy stuff. Like I think I heard a Ryan Long thing they were talking about this. That's what women don't understand about that is like that's got no, that's got everything to do with the guy. Like he's a perverted pig. It's got nothing. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with liberation or feeling good or making the woman feel good. It's like he's like he wants to degrade her and himself in this celebration of perverted piggery. Oh, I think it's big though to put it straight out there. To be well, chatting to someone on yeah, Tinder gonna, and then go, yes, wait. It's going to come up eventually, isn't it? Mm. Well, cut to the chase. Like he <laughs> depends how bad you want it. If he it's says true. it enough, if he says it enough, someone will bite. Yeah. Someone will take the offer. Well, I, I think that's yeah. It's a numbers game, right? Yeah, yeah. but like, it's like you know, I feel like you know, if if I was on the scene now, <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I'm just saying that if I was like, there's stuff I'd have to let people know. I'd have to be like, oh. You know, I really love Woody Allen. <laughs> Is that okay? Oh, <laughs> I love Woody that Allen should movies. Be on your profile, I've got twelve uh, Woody Allen books that I don't even hide. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just on the shelf. Uh, so, is that is that okay? Or and I'd be like, you know, I don't know. There'd be a bunch of stuff that I'd have to get out there straight away. You know, and um, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to come up. You know, actually, I have a friend who. Um, he, uh, one of his one of his girlfriend's friends was coming over for the night and he had to hide a couple of Woody Allen books he had. Really? <laughs> That's where it's at in Melbourne. Wow. That's where it's at. He was like, oh, she's, it's for her. he's like, um, oh, her friend's a bit of an SJW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, would have, I would have made sure they were, they were like out in a prominent position. That's yes. what I would have done. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, that's why. And then I come I'm... out with my Trump beanie that you got me from uh, Trump Tower. From Trump Tower. Yeah. I did. I did. So, yeah, but that's why partly why I have the Revenge of the Nerds posters and stuff is because you need to announce to people. You know, we want them. I want them to come into the house and to know that they've stepped into Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> you know, I want them to know. So, oh, anyway, okay. So, a couple of things. Um, I think. Uh, I don't think this movie is like kryptonite for snobs. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like yep. this type of comedy, silly comedy, is is absolute kryptonite for snobs. Because they're, you know, and it's not cynical and it's not this kind of this fucking Netflix comedy show cynicism of like chicks who work at a fucking publishing firm and they're, they're just nasty C words. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't nasty at all. You know? So it was just like the, the, it's the nice, you know, and it's not it, it's not Tarkovsky. Do you know what I mean? So it's not <laughs> it's not it's not trying to change the world. It's got no. simple. It's 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 like it's diverting Saturday afternoon entertainment. You know, where you go, oh yeah, that that was good. Like, whereas uh, and so I think that's the vibe I get from it. You know, mm. um, it also has uh, a song uh, that features the title. Yeah, mm. halfway through. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even at the start. 
I was impressed. I'm going to start putting on TikTok. So I want to put the scene where, and I'm going to say maybe I should just get every movie that has a scene with the title song in it and put it on TikTok, so, so we can start collecting them. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. I'll do that. I'll do that because it's I don't want to forget because I, I forget where Hard Bodies was. Hard Bodies at the beginning. Hard yeah. Bodies. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. All yeah. right, good, and it won't get taken down because they're uh, they're obscure. But another, yeah, another one was in the middle too. I think. For hard bodies? No. Well, didn't one play the song a couple of times? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I'll have to check the catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys have any other quotes or scenes you wanted to cover? Blood flows red on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Blood flows red on oh, the highway. That's, that's the, the, the sort of uh, instructional video thing. Yeah. That show, yeah. <laughs> That was brutal. <laughs> the brutal. Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful stuff. Yeah, so good. <laughs> my, my final thought. Are we doing final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to do this quote first. Actually, the end of that, because I think the gag with the doc, Fred Willard and Joan is the best. Hmm. The, the bow is put on that entire thread, right, where towards the end um, uh, Fred Willard says, before the test, he says, it's not fair that we have to study this hard. And Joan says, like it was fair that I greased up my ass every day and you had Manny, Mo, and Jack looking up it. And, <laughs> and Fred, Willard, Fred Willard says, you feel better, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent work. I like to think that Pat Proft maybe handled that, you know. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, what are your final thoughts? The automobile unites us all. Don't be a tight ass. That's good. <laughs> that's true. I can't that's top really that. Good. No, no, that's really good. I can't good. top that either. Well, I just, uh, I know, and I like that you've identified that heart of the movie too. Don't be a tight ass. So just quickly, the Me Too scale, uh, I thought this was mid. Okay. I, I thought it was five out of ten. You guys, I know you guys have already said because you are, you know, you sort of shock troops of the patriarchy, both of you. So you... <laughs> You think everything's fine. You think there was nothing, nothing to answer for in this movie. Well, what do you think about the idea that Dana, uh, in Mahoney fashion, asks all the women to remove their clothes uh, at the beginning of the movie? He pretends well, to be the true. teacher and he says, uh, now if all the women can remove their clothes. Uh, the doc, obviously, as I've mentioned, he's unrepentant about his violation of Joan's rear end. <laughs> uh, and... I think you're forgetting that Scott, uh, our puppeteer, has sex mm. with a 15 year old girl That's and right. is unpunished, and they're together at the end. Oh, so the I, message, did, yeah, I, I forgot about that. that. <laughs> isn't that the worst thing in the movie? Yeah. Like, isn't Scott um, like a statutory rapist? No, but yeah. wasn't wasn't he tricked into it though? Oh, oh. they all say that. <laughs> AJ, what do you think of that? He was tricked into it. By that low leader. That's, that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> no, because she's been going to traffic school. Like, because he says, but you've been going to traffic school. How can you how can you have a license? Doesn't she imply that she's got a fake license or something? Yeah, she she's says got a that. fake ID. She so, well, she's going to clubs, right? Yes, she is. Mm. So I don't know, maybe well, she's maybe- a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's a criminal. She she's she gets him to steal a car as well. She gets she goes. It's not my. He goes. Hey, you know something about it? Like he gets her to. Uh, she gets him to drive her home really fast, so over the speed limit. And outside the house, he says, oh, "What about your car?" And she says, "It's not my car. I don't know whose it is." <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe they're even Stevens. Then. 
Well, this guy gets fucked over a lot, right? Isn't he? He's at the start of Ghostbusters doing the test as oh, well with the hot he? girl. Yeah. Oh, this guy is different to that. Oh, they look are similar. You sure? I think they are different. Before we get uh, messages, I'm going to say it's a different guy. No. No, it is a different guy, but this guy is in other stuff. What? That you've seen. Are you positive? I'm, I am certain. Okay. No. Uh, and it's. He it, looks very similar. Yeah, he is. He is. He definitely. Yeah. But no, he's, he, he is in other stuff as, as this type of guy, for sure. Uh, yeah, he, he did get fucked over a bit. He did. Okay. So, so, Rick, what, so what you're saying is that. <laughs> I don't uh, condone what all bikes said. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to ride or die? Come on. No, there are some things. There are some bridges we, no, we can't cross with you. <laughs> shit all right okay well let's move on to uh police squad police squad in color starring leslie nielsen Also starring Alan North and Rex Hamilton as Abraham Lincoln. Tonight's special guest star, Lorne Green. Tonight's episode, The Broken Promise. Got you guys to check out uh, Police Squad. Uh, our connection to this was Pat Proft, who wrote on two, uh, two of the episodes, is our connection. He, he was one of the co-writers of uh, Moving Violations. But also we've covered Zaz before. That's uh, Zucker, Abrams and Zucker with um, Top Secret. So I thought we'd, we'd sort of complete our, our circle there. Police Squad is a six-episode, half-hour sitcom, uh, if I can call it that. I'll call it a comedy show. I think they'd object to it being called a sitcom. Uh, from Zaz, uh, the airplane of cop shows starring Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin, a dedicated cop in a special crime-fighting unit. Uh, the show follows Drebin as he works his way through familiar TV detective plots, uh, you know, like neighbourhood protection rackets and the boxer who throws a fight, things like that. And it's got more gags per scene than any TV show, maybe except Arrested Development. Um, yeah, they've said that their their influences were only Ernie Kovacs and you know kind of Mad Magazine is sort of one of their major influences. Uh, the, the Zaz crew. So, what did we think of Police Squad? Of course, it, it just quickly it just did go on to become the Naked Gun, as we know. So, yeah, I thought it was heaps of fun. The um, Zaz guys. I tried to do a bit of research on those guys. Um, the I would love a masterclass. Yeah. There's not enough on them. There's not enough interviews or anything. And think of the dickheads that do have masterclass. Seriously, these guys mm. are fucking geniuses. Yes, they are. The, the police squad was incredible. Well, has, have, have any of you guys seen the ad for the Timberland uh, masterclass on YouTube? Has YouTube ever pushed that to you guys? No. <laughs> I've seen others. Why? What does Timberland say? Oh, it's ridiculous. Right, <laughs> it is. It is ridiculous. I I would not pay money for a masterclass with that guy. <laughs> well, I think everyone knows this, but it's very expensive. Yeah, it's really is expensive. It? Yeah, because I've looked yeah, right. at it a few times. So when you sign up, do you get access to like everything, or you you go for specific episodes, or 
You, there's different plans, but right. but mm. but it yeah, it's a total grift. It is a total grift, and it just um, you know, these people often are at the height of their success or even long past it, and mm. they they've long since forgotten what what it means to be you know, in the struggle and also at the end of the day, they're all so unique. I don't really think we can learn a lot from them, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, any, but I agree as that, that, that they really should, you know, uh, they are, let's be real, they are getting to be quite uh, stately and old now and mm. I really think it would be useful somehow to get their knowledge, you know, honestly in on the record before, um, before it's too late because mm. they really, I feel like we, They've got a work ethic and a, an approach to this this kind of work that that um, is sort of unrivaled in a way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like you know, we mentioned the Lego Movie before, which sort of has aspirations to be like this, and you know, Arrested Development perhaps gets pretty close. You know, um, those first three seasons of Arrested Development, but you know, what's on display in these six episodes is is really bravura. It's extraordinary. Mm. Mm. I'm surprised it was cancelled after six shows. Well, they talk about it on the on the commentary. I'd listened to a bit of that, and they say that they they're really happy <laughs> it did because <laughs> they, they 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 and they say that uh, the that on TV you have to be so prolific, and they had to burn through so much material, mm. and and um, that you know, I mean, the beautiful story is that I mean, it's commonly listed at even at the time it was recognised as a travesty that they had cancelled something that was so high quality because TV mm. was really just Magnum and whatever the mm. fuck else. Yeah. So this was of such high quality that people would, critics were just, and everyone was just like, oh my God, I can't believe you cancelled this. But they're really glad because they would have had to have done 20 episodes a season. Yeah. And yeah. they would have killed them. And um, and and a lot of the, um, what I got out of this whole thing was that, you know, comedy, this kind of comedy, it's not really, they don't really, it's, it's really quite straight. It's very yeah. straight. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. So we don't, we can't really call it a sitcom. We've got to say it's, um it's, it's sort of spoof comedy satire, but very straight. Mm. And they, they, and I think it works best uh, with, you know, with iteration and, so they had worked a lot of these jokes as part of a live theatre uh, outfit that they were part of called the Kentucky Fried Theatre. Now, we will end up watching the Kentucky Fried movie, which is directed by John Landis, which is a sketch movie, a fantastic sketch movie. You're going to fucking love that when we, when we watch it. Um, so they, some, some of the jokes that have come from live theatre and then they've been in this TV show and then ultimately ended up in the movies, in, 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 which is a testament to iteration of comedy. So, you know, once you get, and they, they say, they say, well, if you get a gag right, it'll last a lifetime. That's what they say. Hmm. So, um, like, for example, uh, a gag, they say, you know, this whole maybe, maybe it's will refresh your memory, you know, giving, giving them, giving the guy money for information. That, yeah. that, <laughs> that was in the theatre. They did that yeah. in the theatre. Oh, wow. Then they did it in the show and then they do it in one of the best scenes in the movie, in making yeah. a movie. Yeah. Well, maybe this will refresh your memory. Because I kept waiting for, because think about it, the, um, what, what the guy in the TV show, so, so just to explain for people who don't know, listen, so every, every episode almost Frank goes to see a shine guy called uh, Johnny, I think. Johnny, yeah. 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 And Johnny's always got information. He pays Johnny for information and the, and, What's missing out of that scene and what is in the Naked Gun movie is this wonderful moment where the where uh, the guy, um, the other, the account, the, the sorry, the the informant ends up giving money to Frank and says, "Maybe this will refresh your memory." <laughs> 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 money goes back and forth. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that iteration, like, you know, um, and the Marx Brothers did this as well. They used to go on tour and the reason their films were so... Uh, so spectacular is because they test they tested these these things in front of audiences and mm, they, went, yeah. they once you got a gag right it was right forever you know pretty much so uh, that was what I got out of it this this idea of iteration and I was so happy to see so many of the gags that uh, that are, that are my favorites like even uh, that ended up in the movie like like Frank horrifying Norberg's wife in the um in the movie he says like you know explains like other ways a man can die he says you know getting a nuts caught in a kind of combine and stuff like that and the wife is <laughs> yeah. the wife is going ah <laughs> and her wonderful crying Ooh. is almost exactly the same they've got this wonderful That's hysterical the butler in the yes. butler episode when yes. they're like she'll send her ear it's just a part of her ear why are you <laughs> complaining that she isn't dead oh well that that that's one of the highlights for me uh, is when uh, Frank and Ed go to deliver the bad news about a husband's death to the distraught wife. And, uh, and she says, uh, do you know what it's like to be married to a wonderful man for 14 years? And then Frank says, no, I can't say that I do. I did live with a guy once, but that was for only for a couple of years. And then later on, she says, what do I tell my daughter? And then Frank says, tell her a big monster came and took him to daddy heaven. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourites was Jack and Jill went up the hill. I'm going to break your face. Oh, I was going to quote that to you, AJ. I knew you'd love that bit. That was really good. That's a boxer. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet. I'm going to break your face. <laughs> so it was, he was good. That guy was good. I think I've seen him. I think he might be in uh, Die Hard. <laughs> but what I love, what I love about this series are the reoccurring gags that, that have too. that have you know slight variations each time. So you've mentioned Johnny the Shushan guy, but you've also got um, the beginning of each episode. A special guest is announced at the beginning yeah. and gets immediately killed off. People like William Shatner, Robert Goulet, Floris Anderson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, each each episode has two titles. So the first title yeah. is shown on screen while the announcer read a second one instead. So that, that confused me for the first couple of uh, of episodes. They don't care. They just they 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 just they just they, they'll they'll say, ah, oh, you'll fucking get it. You yeah, know? that's right. You'll get it. If you don't get it in the first episode, you'll get it in yeah, the fourth. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And then of course, almost every episode has a ridiculously close shootout. <laughs> where people are just like literally a couple of meters away and they're shooting yes. behind behind garbage garbage cans and stuff. But my favorite reoccurring gag is probably when each episode um, featured end credits over a 70s style freeze frame in the final scene. <laughs> the freeze yeah. frame gag. Yes. yes. Except the frame was not frozen. The actors just kind of stand there motionless <laughs> in position. But there's always other activities happening. So people pouring coffee or in one in one episode, a convict escapes. Or maybe my favourite one is a chimpanzee just starts yeah. tra- trashing yes. the place and throwing paper everywhere. So uh, good. <laughs> and I also like the tall guy, Al. Oh. And he often has a T-shirt on saying the place that they're talking about, like when they were talking about tubers. And he's like. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like some tuber festival or yeah. something on his T-shirt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's couple- in the Naked Gun movies oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some in your face, Al, and then like the half the banana falls out. I can't. 
wait to watch that again. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. I feel like we should we should we could you know in a, in a in a week or two we we should um because we've got next week sorted. We, we, we I reckon we do Naked Gun, but we should do the Kentucky Fried movie and then then really really tie it all off you know what i mean yeah um i got a couple of things so along with that freeze frame there's a great fake slow-mo in that first episode <laughs> where the guy gets shot and he goes yeah. and he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Contorting. <laughs> so good and uh Every episode also has uh, a, an interaction with Mister Olsen, who's a, he's a police lab uh, yes. guy. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, and and the big joke about this is sort of like he's in, in like the same with airplane, but with the pilot. He's got these sort of inappropriate explanations to Olsen kids. <laughs> <laughs> like this type of humor is totally like beyond the pale now. You can't have him saying he'll he'll be like, you know, it's like condensation. Like, you know, Jimmy, like when your mother gets out of the shower. shower. And she, <laughs> you know? Like, and then tells him to bring his dad's pornos next yeah, week. <laughs> next week, bring those bring those magazines you found under your dad's bed. <laughs> so good. You oh, know? that's funny. They don't care. And now if you guys don't think that they have that that nothing sacred, they on the commentary they they talk about Norberg and they say oh yeah because we got OJ and then they go and then the, then they're just one of the guys is just like ever keep in contact with OJ he goes no no you know I did sell him my uh, collection of kitchen knives so <laughs> <laughs> that was it <laughs> so <laughs> they don't they don't give a fuck you know hey there's a scene that I think uh, I think AJ you would have appreciated this one and that's the intercom gag where Frank he's talking to the chief. Uh, and they're, they're at the police uh, police precinct and they're standing behind a desk. And then he leans over to uh, talk into the intercom to alert someone, oh, you know, we need to go check this out, go get this piece of information. And then it cuts to a midget who yes. is <laughs> presumably right in front of the desk or underneath the desk. And he goes, sure, Frank. And then he walks off. <laughs> Why do you love little people so much? I no, I just love I, I love this kind of shit. I didn't even realize this about me, how much I actually <laughs> love it. Well, that's good. I feel like we've we've <laughs> we've made your life better. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he says no dice when and the guy's trying to give him novelty? <laughs> what about this? No, no dice. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Or the or the uh or the woman backstage who who turns and says, oh, is this some kind of bust? Yes, very impressive. <laughs> yeah. that, and that's in the movie. That's one of my favourites from the movie. <laughs> is some kind of bust? Every time uh, he offers someone a cigarette and they go, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, cigarette, yes, no. yes, it is. Yes. Yes, I know. Or how about this one? How about when the young couple go, um, I think it's like an engagement party or something or they're engaged and they're at sort of a high-class party and, the the woman turns to the to the girl turns to the guy and says, "Oh, let's let's go outside to the Japanese garden," and then <laughs> and then they walk outside and it's Japanese people standing in pots like plants. And he takes the collar off one guy and gives it to her. She sniffs it. <laughs> that is a one two three. It's like Japanese garden standing in pots, tearing the collar off, giving it to the to her. She sniffs the collar. <laughs> incredible you know unbelievable so, so 
this really is a miracle of, of you know, them, their, their work is miraculous. And I'm so glad we, that we got the naked gun as well because now this is such a rare message to, to be delivered because I don't think this, this follows through all the time. But, you know, sometimes, you know, don't toss out great ideas. And, uh, I mean, this show mm. is excellent, but the budget, scope, and reach of the naked gun are superior. I mean, think about it. it naked gun was a smash. Like it was a smash, it was huge, and everyone was on board, and it really did. That like their type of comedy does need a bit of firepower, you know. They do those big budget sort of sight mm. gags and stuff like that. It's also a credit to the people who aren't in the show, like Priscilla Presley uh, is fantastic in the movie, and George Kennedy, who who's another uh, uh, great actor. He plays his boss in the movies, and I think as good as the guy in the show is, uh, George Kennedy is 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 I think better, and and and. OJ, who's very funny. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, he's done what he's done, you know, but he's funny <laughs> in the movie, you know. <laughs> uh, but I really think, you know, maybe that we need this sort of obsessive uh, silliness again. Definitely. I don't know where this has gone. I don't know why we don't have this kind of thing anymore. And that's why Arrested Development was so much fun. Because a lot of the physical stuff in Arrested Development is fantastic. Mm. You know, like when Tobias jumps on his back and says, this, <laughs> this kind of agility, you know, or Mrs. Weatherbottom, Featherbottom, yeah, yeah. you know, like there's so much good stuff. So I just don't know why, yeah, it's not quite in favour anymore, this sort of broad stuff, but mm. we do need it. And, well, but it's it, hard. It, it is this hard. This is hard to write. It is hard. They, and they, 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 I think they, 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 I mean, they talk about it. You just burn, they just burn themselves out, like yeah. doing this stuff, you know. I mean, there's three of them doing it, really, every scene. Yep. Yep. Someone, you know, someone's got to make sure Leslie's doing his thing. Someone's got to make sure that, the, you know, the background gag is doing its thing. We've got to mm. make sure it's framed right as well. So it's not taking over the foreground completely, but it's there. You know, that's the timing. It's everything, you know, and it's, yeah. it really is no one person can do it. You know, no. Well, they're they're quite unique in in Hollywood as being a film directing trio. That's that's pretty unusual, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and I guess it just comes from their background, you know, in in their comedy and their theatre. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, any final thoughts for uh, Police Squad? Well, I think perhaps we should finish by talking about Leslie Nielsen. Like, is he's just fantastic as that um, deadpan sort of guy you know um before before he was known as 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 you know that the as frank in the naked gun shows and and uh and movies he uh he had done a lot of a lot of acting in a lot of films and so he's um he's actually canadian and he's uh he worked as an actor for like 60 years and how's this for some stats he appeared in more than 100 films and 150 television programs portraying more than 220 characters Wow. That's amazing. That's huge, you know. I mean, I just know him as the naked gun guy. Well, when he pops up in his serious stuff, it's shocking. You just go, you just go, oh my God. Like, like yeah. in the, 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 the older stuff is a bit hard, easier to take because he's got black hair and stuff. But yeah. of this era, if you watch this, this 80s sort of vanity piece that Barbara Streisand did called Nuts, where she plays like a woman in a psychiatric, uh, psychiatric hospital or whatever, he's in that. In a straight role, like like I forget who he plays a doctor or something or whatever, and and that's shocking because that that is this era of of Leslie Nielsen, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, he's being a yeah. straight guy, and you yeah. keep waiting 
Are you just waiting. waiting for him? Yeah, yeah, keep waiting for him. Actually, because think about it. Like, he didn't just do that. Again, he did, like, Dracula Dead and Loving It. He did Spy Hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He loved, he loved it. You know, wrongfully accused. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When you're on, you're on. Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> well, e- Ebert said this of him, right? He says, in his comedy roles, Nielsen specialised in portraying characters oblivious to and complicit in their absurd surroundings. Uh, Nielsen's performance in Airplane marked his turning point, which made him the Olivier of spoofs. Yes. Well, it's his, it's his ability to be able to, yeah, to sometimes be part of the foolishness or part of, yeah, but sometimes it... It's his. It's his um, very subtle recognition that something's not right. You know. Those, yeah. Those, yeah. That, yeah. But then he goes along with it. Yeah, which is great. Like you know, like I love. Like it's when he's really confused by the tall guy, Al. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or that no, how no one will take his cigarette. Like he's yeah. really, he's really confused. <laughs> you know. Cigarette. Uh, yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> and he just sort of like you know quietly puts it back. <laughs> what about when they have Mary's stuff? When they they start showing Mary's scarf and her purse, and then they get her toaster <laughs> and her blender, and then yeah. they hold up her dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got four pages of notes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I love it. Do you, do you have any more highlights? Any any more bits you like? Um, the boxing one was quite good. Yeah, I like. And I like. <laughs> I didn't even twig when I wrote down episode three. The butler did it. That the butler did it until oh. the end. I was <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that that turned out to be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, there was just too much gold when he had in the fourth episode the guy that had gone to jail and he had a Penn State jacket like it was a <laughs> yeah. college jacket. On. <laughs> I yeah. noticed that. <laughs> yeah, he was the he was the bomb guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's great about it, just just like uh, Top Secret and the other stuff, is that it 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 is dense, and you know, I actually can't wait to see it again. You know. Yeah. I had trouble writing as I was watching. Like I couldn't get everything. I don't couldn't, think. Couldn't keep up. Yeah. Not at all. What about when they say let's um, let's say and then they say it? Oh. <laughs> Let's say you did go to the movies and, and they then both they go. say it yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they look at the camera when they say it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, excellent. Well, I'm so glad. I think I think that Zaz have, de- have yet again delivered just what we need in these these uh, dark times. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing The Naked Gun eventually and uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. Uh, to really, really go deep. Oh, I can't wait. Um, next week, a pivot to uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. So, I know you're excited about this one. Oh, I'm excited, yeah. It's um, it's a fond, fond one from my childhood, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm really pumped. I'm thinking I've got a great idea, you know, because I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's about Asian studies. So I've got a friend. <laughs> I got a friend who's Asian, and I was thinking of asking him to be on the show, uh, like just as a little segment, so we can get his ideas. Because I mean, you can't just have three, you know, three whiteys. <laughs> so I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna get my Asian friend to, to maybe give us some ideas. You know, he's not Chinese. 
Japanese, he's Japanese, but I feel like um, <laughs> he'll have a lot to say. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't really matter in this movie. Right? No, and I, I, you know, because I, I, I feel like the, the elephant in the room is that it's a movie you know, that sort of revels in, in a certain kind of, uh, as you've said before, Ricky, orientalism. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that we need to address our, 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 our critics on that one. Sounds great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably it for today. Excited. Excellent. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Isn't radiation bad for your dick?